Hi guys, I'm Ashley. I'm Eve. And I'm Nick. And we're the Money Medics. And we're the hosts of Your Real Money Stories. An original podcast series brought to you in association with Zopa. The podcast will we'll be giving you the unfiltered truth about money through anonymous confessions and unfiltered opinions. As well as providing useful information and resources for each topic we discuss. And we have to say, this isn't financial advice. These are just our views. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Your Real Money Stories in association with Zopa. So of course we're the Money Medics and we're going to be talking about real stories, real conversations, sharing information and today's topic is pets. So my name is Eve, I'm a pharmacist and landlady and new mum as well. Ashley, I'm Ashley. I'm Ashley. <laughs> Do you think you're a Ashley? Sure, I'm Ashley. Actually, I'm a pharmacist by day, feedy by night, and I love money. And I'm Nick, uh, strategy consultant. I'm the finance guy in the team, so I'll, I'll, you can be trust assured that we're fact checking and we're up to date in what we're saying. And yeah, we have a pet in our family as well. <laughs> Okay, so this is an anonymous story where we'll be sharing three sections. So first we'll hear a personal story from our anonymous guest. Then we're going to discuss our own opinions. Yeah. Then we've got some really useful tips and resources at the end. So as Eve said, today's episode is all about pets and yeah. I love pets so much. I actually got my hair done yesterday and like the, pet lady, the lady that did my hair, her daughter had like three hamsters. Okay. I was petting them while I was doing my hair. Anyways. You know, I've gone through so many pets. I've had, obviously, <laughs> fish. Everyone's had fish at some point. I've had hamsters, rabbits. I've had a cat. The only thing that I really don't like, I'm not fond of dogs. Really? No. Sure, I I think I like dogs the most. We actually have, like, a family dog. Shout out to Elvie if you're listening. It's probably not. <laughs> yeah. but, um, <laughs> but they are really, really... I never knew they could be so expensive. Yeah. Like, Elvie has just had a lot of issues, like, she's nearly died, like, twice. I mean, rat poison. Oh, yeah. God. And literally, although, like, she is insured, each visit is, like, £200 mm. a pop, which is, you know, quite expensive. And, like, we know that during the pandemic, a lot of people, you know, they adopted dogs and, like, they bought dogs as well. And yeah. then, actually, I found some research that was saying that... Um, I'm not sure what it was, whether it's due to like, you know, post pandemic life, people are just adjusting, maybe the rising cost of pets, but a lot of people have had to give their pets away mm. or some, some people have had to abandon them. So. Really? I think it's because, you know, of course we were in lockdown, so people needed company. Mm. And then now we're out of lockdown, people don't realise how much, and yeah, and how much time it takes as well. Mm. Yeah, time commitment's a mm. big thing as well. And it's, I think it, it ties into that mental health point, you know, mm. I, there's a statistic that says 40, 44% of people seek pets or they use pets to improve their mental health and yeah. as a form of companionship. Yeah. What, what do you guys... Do you know what? I believe it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm going to talk about LV again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I feel like when LV came into our lives, it's just like... She just she adds so much happiness and joy. Yeah. Like they just they just love you so much. They like they give you that unconditional love. Like you could be having the worst day ever, and if you see that dog, oh, you you just smile. Like you can't help but laugh. So yeah. I can I, I see it. Yeah. Please, please mum and dad, please forgive me for saying this, but I started coming to the house a lot more because of Elvie. You did. I know. I <laughs> and we'd like come at the same time just to see Elvie. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. I, ne- I never thought um, dogs could be so fun. Yeah. But it's like, I remember I'd come there, I'll just spend just like two or three hours just playing with like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, I know it sounds, but I, I get it now. I do get it. Yeah. I don't like dogs. <laughs> yeah, I don't like dogs. It's just, just too much. It's too much maintenance. It's too much effort. I'm more of a cat person. So today we have Sally joining us as our anonymous guest. And of course, that is not her real name. Thank you so much for joining us, Sally. How's your day been in general? Yeah, it's been great. Just been chilling. Yeah? yeah. Do anything interesting? Uh, just watching some TV. Just normal <laughs> Sunday things, really. Yeah, yeah a bit of Sunday rice. Yeah. All, all that. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you're just like me, as in you're a cat lady as well. So how many cats do you actually have? I've got two cats. Um, yeah, we've got we we've got two cats. Yeah. Oh, and how long have you had your cats? Um, so the first, the one cat we've had since 2010, uh, oh. and then the younger cat we got her from a kitten in about 2014. Oh, oh, from a kitten. Yeah. And the cat that you had since 2010. So, tell me a bit about that. So you, she wasn't a kitten when you bought. Is it him or her? Mm, uh, she's a she. she. Um, she was about one. We recommend okay. when we got her. She'd had a litter of kittens and. I don't know what happened to the kittens, but she mm. ended up getting brought into the rescue centre. And mm. um, yeah, I just fell in love with her. So yeah. I adopted her and took her home. Oh, so she was a rescue cat. Okay. Yeah. And I noticed when I had a cat, things were a lot more expensive than I expected them to be. So what are your general um, running costs with having a cat? Like, in that cat food and litter, yeah. if you use it, how much do you think it comes up to? Um, so the food's not too bad. It's about, for the two of them, like we get a big bag of dried food, like mm. that's about £20 a month. So that, okay. that's not too bad. Um, yeah. And then they've got this cover with the vets, which covers them for like a flea spot on, mm. a worming spot on, the boosters and like a checkup once a year. I think that's like £12.50 each per okay. month. Cat litter, they, they go outside, so we'll have to deal with that. Mm. <laughs> Luckily, we've got a garden and a yeah. cat This The insurance as well, that's yeah. um, £20 each a month. So are you quite selective? Like, for example, with your cat food, do you pick products based on the price or more so based on what you know they like? just on what what they like uh we tried to swap it to a supermarket brand once and like mm. one of them ran away for a week so <laughs> we didn't do that again like she, we actually put up a poster that she was missing and like the lady across the road had got her because she must have the food that we were giving them from from getting like counting all the costs all the numbers are popping up in my head so pets are quite expensive Mm. so did you always know you had to take out insurance uh i did um because my mum and dad they had this dog um like a little border terrier and Mm. they'd had him for about four years like Mm. he was always insured but it turned out he'd got diabetes and they found Mm. out when he was about four um, so their bills were like quite a lot. Um, they had to have like you had to have insulin twice a day and mm. loads of checkups mm. and blood tests and and things like that. So I knew um, yeah to insure them just in case anything like that happened. Really mm, expensive. And, yeah. And how much was there like? Do you know? Just like to give like a rough cost. How much is like basic oh. pet insurance? Mm. It worked because once once he got his diabetes, um, he was. 
I don't know how much it was a month, but it was only covered for like £4,000 over his like whole life. Oh, and the insulin was like 100 quid or so a month. He just ran through it really quickly to like, by the time he got a bit older, like it wasn't mm. worth insuring. They were just sort of paying like cash every month for the mm. bet. And so like in terms of like um, your cat, I know you said that you got insurance to cover them. Like did they ever get sick or anything like that? uh yeah so the one cat the older cat um she's never really been sick she's a really healthy cat Mm, but mm. i think it was this march um she started like walking funny like off balance Mm. and um she was sort of coughing a little bit as well we took her to our local vet and um because she was she could walk a few steps and then just fall over and Mm. she was like dragging her head to one side and it looked kind of you kind of think it looks like she's had a stroke but Mm. i'm no vet Mm. um and the vet said it was like possible like probable that she had had a stroke Mm. yeah and so she um the vets referred us to like a bigger vet where they could do some more investigations and so like during that referral process like did you think about like how much money it was going to cost you or like you weren't bothered at that point at the time i thought because um, we we've got an insurance policy with her that covers up to two thousand pounds a year, so I okay. thought that's that's loads of money. Like mm. um, maybe I was thinking because um, the vet said she'd probably have to have an MRI scan, and I thought that'd be like a grand at the most, mm. you know, maybe. Um, and I thought this two thousand pounds is fine. I was kind of a bit smug, almost like we're, we're definitely fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. don't worry about it. And so then, at what point did you like start to realize actually this insurance is not going to cover anything or much of it? So we took her to um, this bigger vet centre. It looked like a small private hospital, really. Oh. Um, it was like peak sort of lockdown, so we couldn't go in with her. Mm. Um, so this vet, uh, one vet nurse came out and took her, and she said, "Oh." um she's gonna have a consultation with the neurologist i didn't even know there was a vet neurologist um (laughs) and she said that's gonna be 428 pounds and i was thinking like that yeah this two grand's not (laughs) i'm not gonna (laughs) cover it (laughs) yeah and she was literally they were like in with her maybe five minutes and then five minute consultation yeah and you weren't even there with her I know. So how do they do that? How do they ask? Yeah, you can't. You can't ask any questions. Yeah, and then um, they came out and they said, "Oh, she wasn't really cooperating." I was like, "She's (laughs) okay. (laughs) She's not. She's not going to just let you like touch her without us first." Yeah. Oh my gosh! And so, like, um, after the consultation, like, did they say she needed other treatments or anything like that? Yeah. So they came out. The neurologist said that it could be a stroke, but it could also be like an inner ear infection because your ears affect your balance. Mm. Um, you know, like how humans can get like labyrinthitis. Yeah. So it's like yeah. An inner ear thing. And um, they were saying it could it could be like a cat version of that or it could be a stroke and they wouldn't know without doing an MRI scan to know what was going on. That is complete um, opposite ends of the spectrum as in like it could be yeah. a stroke or it could be an ear really infection. Similar. Yeah. And like, did they tell you how much the MRI was going to cost? Yeah. So um, I've, I've got the bill in front of me and um, the, the MRI just on its own was 3,100. Um, wow. And obviously they had to anaesthetise as well, and that was um, 
Mm. Was there like any ones that you like refused or said that, you know what, this is just too expensive, I'm not going to do that procedure? Yeah, they gave us another choice. They said they could either do that one or another one where they would, um, oh, they'd make a little incision and like, I, I don't know what they would do, but they mm. said that would cost 10,000. And I was like, no, that's, that's too much. 10,000 like, on top like, of the 6,000. Yeah, 10,000 on top of what we wow. spent. And I was like, for keyhole surgery. I just haven't got, we haven't got that sort of money. I, I didn't want to get that in depth. So it was like, let's try this. And, yeah. and I said it works. Yeah. Wow. That's not cheap. Yeah. Like, you'll never meet a broke vet. With like, you know, all that money that you, you, you spent on your cat, like, yeah. how did that affect you like financially? You know, you know, what sacrifices did you have to make or did you have to give up any goals? It was because last year was such a weird year. Mm. I think if it had been a normal year, like, I mean, obviously we didn't go on holiday last year anyway, mm. but if it had been, say, like the year before, it would have affected a decision on a holiday or something like that. Mm. I mean, it just it just meant, like, we haven't had a kitchen done still because, yeah. like, we're just sort of, like, saving to get back to the point where we can have it done. Hmm. If you don't mind me asking, how's your cat at the moment? Is she all right? She's good. Yeah, yeah. she's she's really good. Oh, how um, old is she? She's either twelve or thirteen. Like, I'm not exactly sure when she was born, but yeah, she's around that age. Oh wow! So would she be classed as like technically elderly for a cat? Or yeah, is she that... is. Um, I think that's why there was um why the insurance company didn't cover the full amount because once they're over ten, they're classed yeah. as sort of elderly. Even though they can live to about 18. Mm. Um, so there was all these sort of fees and stuff that I, I, they're probably there in the small print of the policy, but you know, you don't read it. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's that much a month now. I mean, that's a bit of a tough one. I mean, because yeah. the cat is technically deemed as elderly. I mean, did you, was it a, quite a tough decision to decide to go ahead to um, do this procedure if you're not too sure how many years it will add on to her life or was it like an easy one yeah. and like yeah let's go ahead and do it how did you come to that conclusion it is a hard one I think we kind of it was a real emotional response mm. so we went with our like hearts not our oh. heads really like your financial head would say oh she's not going to live that long but she's not a car you're not looking yeah. at miles on the car it's mm. like you can't I don't know my mum was saying that to me she said oh how long will you you know was it worth it and I'm like yeah, yeah for me it's worth it mm. you know to see her better again mm. but I get I know what you mean like if we hadn't had that money saved then it would have just been like purely put us in debt it would have been a harder decision but mm. I probably would have still done it Mm, so because you had your rainy day fund or your fund yeah. for your kitchen it made the decision a lot easier a lot more straightforward for you yeah. are, are you still paying back the the loan for or the credit card payments no no we paid it off in, in a couple oh. of months right okay. yeah okay do you have any regrets about spending that money no i don't when um when we came to pick her up, though, because most of the other pets that were at that hospital were like dogs. So the mm. nurse was bringing them out and they've got like a comb around their neck and they were just like waggy tail, oh. like really happy to see yeah, their owner. Yeah. The cats aren't like that. They just brought her out. She's in a little carrier. She's like fuming. <laughs> like, really um, yeah, so I just wanted like a, a waggy tail dog to greet me, but. Um, she's happy in her own way you know? I guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think she kind of knows that we, I don't know I get this thing, like feeling she knows that 
we sort of saved her. Like yeah. she started feeling better and coming back. She was just really affectionate. So. Aww, that's so sweet. <laughs> okay, if I wanted, for example, to get a pet now, what yeah. would your advice be for me in regards to like the pet insurance, the costs, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? The main advice: what as soon as you get the pet, mm. just insure them. Like get the best policy you can that covers like the most amount of money, and do it straight away. Because mm. um, if you don't, once you've took them to the vet for something, that becomes like a pre-existing condition mm. and then if you do take insurance out it won't cover that thing right um so yeah just get the best insurance you can afford really um i mean we pay i think ours are like 20 pounds each a month which mm. yeah it's annoying having to pay it but you know i've bumped up their policies now and i like, never want to <laughs> sit yeah. in the car like <laughs> deciding if i'm going to pay that again so oh. um and then the other thing um just read like we've got this thing i think most vets do it where you just pay like a fee each month to the vet and then they're like boosters the flea stuff and everything's covered because mm. that can be quite expensive on its own as well mm. yeah i can imagine so do you yeah. feel like if you are not at a particular or you're not financially stable for example you should avoid getting a pet or do you feel um, like it's it's yeah it's for the individual to decide look into it first like i think the insurance is the main thing although if you're not i think if you're claiming certain benefits you can use like the pdsa okay so i wouldn't if you're not working i wouldn't let that put you off but just mm. like mm. don't just not have insurance and think oh they won't get sick yeah. like, <laughs> that's that's like it happen. yeah exactly life yeah. happens like with my mum's dog you never would have like you would have had that diabetes his whole life because it's type 1 diabetes mm. but they never knew till he was four it just came out of the blue this like massive expense like mm. he was like a, nothing you know pedigree dog like really well looked after and everything and suddenly there was this like huge expense every month yeah but, yeah uh, unavoidable i was just gonna say like am i is it fair to say that prior to everything that happened were your finances in a good spot? Because I think, as you said, yeah. you used a credit card, or you, your partner used their credit card. I'm thinking, like, because some people don't have access to good credit. credit yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, like, because yeah. um, cause there's this statistic that goes around that everyone has an emergency fund, et cetera. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. what were your finances like? That means they must have been in the good. Were you like, do you save regularly? What, what's your financial situation? What was your financial situation at the time? Yeah, it was good. I mean, it hasn't always been good. Um, I was from the age of, I mean, I'm 38 now. So through like most of my 20s and the start of my 30s, I was always in debt, like mm. always oh. overdrawn credit cards. But like in the last few years, I've really just paid them off. Um, yeah, really yeah, I was in a good situation. Like luckily um, during like lockdown, my work wasn't affected. In fact, we, we had quite a lot of overtime due to the lockdown so okay. i was one of the lucky people really that sort of done well out of it well mm. i know a lot of people lost their jobs especially in like hospitality and things mm. like that so yeah it's just really lucky um but i i don't know i'd never have enough money that just six grand would be <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've just got in my current account or something yeah I, I was just i think my final question to you is um for someone who's listening to this podcast at the moment, how do you know when you need to stop spending on your pet? Oh, how do you? Tough one. I know it's, yeah. it's hard. Like uh, just from your just from your experience now, how do you know when to draw the line? Yeah, I 
mean, if you've got a good vet, I mean, if you speak to the vet and say, this is my financial situation, just be really honest with them. Mm. Um, you know, what's the actual prognosis? Like, they should sort of guide you really. Like, also, you don't want to be kind of keeping the, the pet alive just for yourself if, mm, if yeah. it's going to be suffering, really. So, I mean, you look at your own finances, but you speak to your vet as well and say, like, how long would the pet lasts if, if we do all these things like what's the kind of chances of pulling through and then make the decision based on that it's not a nice decision though yeah and it can be a very difficult conversation to have I mean besides the money just asking yeah. you know this pet that you love and like some for some people their pet is like their child mm. so you yeah. have to have yeah. that conversation like how long are they likely to last after yeah. this procedure and you know procedures could can come with risks in itself as well as pain and the the animal might be uncomfortable for a while after so it is quite a a dilemma what you've been through thank you so much for sharing your story um it's really insightful because like we were saying earlier so many people got pets over the lockdown yeah and Mm. unfortunately some of them have been abandoned not realizing the cost of them yeah Mm. so it's i think people that are listening um just be aware of the different things that could potentially go wrong. I know it's really a negative mindset, but just be aware of the things that can go wrong um, and just make sure you're prepared. They can just live for so long. So yeah. it's not a decision just for a year of lockdown. It's like 10, 20 years. Mm. Yeah, literally like a child. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like a baby. Yeah. So thank you so much for spending time to speak to us. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much, Sally. Thank you. Yeah, have a great day. See you later. Bye. Wow. Okay, cool. So I knew pets were expensive, but yeah. the cost that she was reading out, Boy. my head was just spinning. Jeez. Spinning. Actually, 10,000 pounds on top as well. Oh my God. I know it sounds really bad, but like, oh, these vets, I just, it just kind of made me feel like, Okay, so I'm a pharmacist and I work in a pharmacy, right? And sometimes I get we get patients that come to us to get their medication. Like, for example, a patient will want to come and get maybe like, I don't know, a blood pressure tablet, which is like 20p. But then if they were to get it from the vet, it's like £100. And it's mm. the same medication. So I mm. don't know, like, why they're, they're adding like price, a, yeah. a markup. Yeah. I guess it is a premium service. Mm. But I've got some questions for you guys. Mm answer them truthfully yeah but um so my first question is okay so we spoke about emergency fund and you know the it's good to have one so that you can account for like emergencies mm. in the name so what sort what sort of a, what sort of an emergency fund do you have and when did you last dip into it my emergency fund i used to be a contractor so my i did have a sizable pot <laughs> sizable emergency fund at yeah. a given point in time and I dipped into it when I wasn't uh, working, you know. So yeah, I guess that's the whole point of the emergency. Yeah, yeah. Was, that was, that's, that's the whole point. That, and sure. yeah, like, I don't know where, where the hell would be if mm. I didn't have that, like, a sizable pot. Yeah. And yeah, it did, it ran dry, you know, um, right up to the end, like, when I was about to get a brand new job. And then what I had to balance as well is balance having a child at the same time. Mm. So... This is, uh, yeah, it's difficult. Mm. And I've been trying to replenish it ever since. Mm. It hasn't been easy. What's not? Because cost of having a child is very expensive, mm. you know. So, 
Yeah, that's my relationship with emergency fund. Mm. But, but I think also, I'll say this as a caveat, I think when you are in a relationship, mm. it is somehow easier to balance and have a, a sizable emergency pot because mm. every couple is different in, mm. when it comes to mm -hmm. how you manage your finances, whether you live off one income, you do 50-50, mm. this person covers these bills. So it's been easier to weather the storm and have a, a sizable pot because we're a couple. Yeah, absolutely. And even for me personally, because obviously I'm on maternity leave and my maternity leave policy isn't the best. So I had to save up quite a lot of money for in preparation for the maternity leave because I wanted to take a whole year off. Life can happen, man. <laughs> I always say this, but this pandemic has showed me life can happen. Cool. So it's so important to just have a sizable amount of money just in case life hits you in the back, yeah. Mm. What about you? You're not a big like, no, but you still got money. Even you don't. True, I know true, you don't put true. money in savings. So I'm not like a big emergency funder, but if anything was to happen, I think I'll just go and do some locum and shifts or something like that. Yeah, mm. I'll try and put money together quite quickly. I think it's good to have like. Okay, to be fair, the other day, like in the middle of the night, one of my curtains just broke, and luckily I had like a little bit of like available cash to fix it the next day so i do think it's good to have something or mm. you know if an emergency was to happen the ability to be able to you know get cash together very quickly is very mm. important can i just add a, um, uh -huh. a caveat to that i was reading a school of thought right because uh -huh. you know we're always going on about like you need to have three months or six months over the emergency funds mm. yeah and i was having a conversation with someone recently that it's quite an outdated school of thought based mm. in the environment we're in now what is it more money no, no, or so less money. Hear me, hear me out, hear me out. Because you know at the moment, interest rates are at a record low, low at yeah. the moment, right? So the reason why I'm saying it's quite outdated because you know when someone's, when you're um, investing your money, mm -hmm. it's based on your risk appetite. Mm -hmm. So how, um, how risky you want to be. Mm -hmm. And the person said that it doesn't make sense why you, you, you tell people to um, save three to six months. It should be based on your risk as well. And the reason why I'm saying that is, as Sally just said, mm -hmm. because of the type of job she has, mm -hmm. um, and she can work overtime and stuff like that, mm -hmm. similar to you, mm -hmm. her emergency fund is not that big. Mm -hmm. So, because the, the, the risk, because cash is, a, um, is an asset, mm -hmm. right? The risk, you can, the risk that can happen, right, is you put too much in your emergency fund, mm -hmm. you lose money by way of inflation. Yeah. Or you can have... Um, too little mm. in your emergency fund and then you lose your job and that's it and you lose your house and you lose your i disagree i feel like i'm so, i'm so yeah. sorry i feel like with the pandemic absolutely not as in you should definitely at least have no matter who you think you are yeah. have at least six months worth of savings like you said you're a, well we're both pharmacists and our jobs tend to be quite secure yeah. but you know how many pharmacies shut down during the pandemic mm -hmm. so anything can happen and yeah you're saying that it depends on your risk appetite but my investments during the pandemic they plummeted mm. absolutely plummeted mm. so imagine that i kept most of my money imagine that i was a um, the type of pharmacist that because pharmacists did lose their jobs mm. so imagine that i was a pharmacist that did lose my job i had most of my money in, in investments and my investments plummeted i'll be screwed so then, i don't i think that's dangerous right but then but then again i'm not a risky person however you should that's the whole point of like i don't know diverse, diversifying streams having, like, of income in, yeah, streams of income, definitely, and different types of investments as well. Mm. Like you should have some high risk ones and some low risk ones that you yeah. can 
you can easily liquidate. I'm I'm just this is just based on my reading. Apparently, mm. like you know, like ETFs, like mm. the investment ETF. Apparently, in the US, mm -hmm. there are emergency fund type ETFs mm. whereby people they're very low risk. Yeah. Yeah. Whereby people can pay use that that ETF as an emergency fund mm -hmm. and will pay them a certain amount of money that's mm. better than using a normal bank account. Mm. So all I'm just saying is that we should challenge certain. No things and and it's all personal the whole yeah. point of personal finance is personal yeah yeah so i guess like to to wrap up i think i guess the most important thing is if you are going to get yourself into uh debt um just being aware that you're paying your debts off in the right order mm. to avoid putting yourself in an adverse uh, situation mm. making sure you take out the right insurance yeah um there's this crazy statistic out there for some reason um, people are more likely to take out insurance for their pet than take out insurance for themselves. Mm. Like I 100% believe that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, so, it's because so, NHS is free. Yeah. True, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, it's free, yeah. <laughs> so it's just important to, um, yeah, take out the right insurance. You know, if you do get into debt, make sure you, uh, you pay off your debts in the right order. Mm. Um, and, everyone's situation is different yeah. yes having an emergency fund is good mm -hmm. if you can't have that make sure you just have a habit of savings or, mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. or alternatively just make sure your um your credit score is good I and mean, the reason why i'm referring to credit score is because that can dictate the amount of interest you pay on loans mm -hmm. or, or the type of apr the deals you get yeah so or even being able to have a credit card yeah. in the first place that yeah. um, has a big enough limit for you to be able to spend in dire situations exactly um but yeah we've we hope you guys have enjoyed the episodes quite different you know so though if you you see a post and someone's uh putting up the nice uh ucha was it like a le labrador or or, or what's the what's ucha I'm oh, sorry, I didn't know like, what I was saying. Chihuahua. Chihuahua. <laughs> sorry, so, isn't that like an Ibo name? Yeah, sorry, sorry. So, 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 the, so the next time you see a post of someone holding a dog and it's all kitted out in Louis Vuitton, just be wary that these things are expensive. Yeah. You know, so yeah, we hope you guys have, enjoy, we hope you guys have enjoyed listening to that episode. Bye. You've just listened to an episode of Your Real Money Stories, an original podcast brought to you in association with Zopa who provide great value financial products and tools to make managing your money a lot easier. So make sure you subscribe and share with your friends who you think might have related to the episode. For more information and resources around the themes discussed in this episode, head over to zopa.com forward slash podcast. And of course, if you want to be on the next episode, make sure you slide into our DMs at Money Medics on Instagram.